is our almost LA short version podcast. Wait, did so you? So I clipped off the end for the title. Oh, because it's half the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. My my other amazing joke about this was that it's uh it's um what did I say about the traffic? It's the it's a ten minute drive because this is gonna be like ten minutes instead of literally an hour drive everywhere. So most of our podcast length times are where it would take to get literally anywhere in LA. And this one is if no cars were in L.A. Wow. Very funny. Thanks for explaining that joke. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm like, uh, I'm like Norm MacDonald. <laughs> so what he yeah, does explain cars, his... you know? <laughs> when he explains it right after he says it, it's literally the funniest thing ever. Uh, uh, this also might be 20 minutes long. Okay, so let's make this short. All right, I decided to talk about the... We're going to do a short episodes on architecture a little bit. And Sick. the Googie architecture in Los Angeles. If you're ever wondering about some of the weird looking buildings around town, mm-hmm. specifically the LAX airport theme building, which is the space age UFO looking thing. And then a couple oh, right. houses and then whatever. So anyway, after world war two, uh, the atomic age in LA, LA was looking to the future and was a little obsessed with cars and outer space. And the coolest way to kind of see this era is through the few googie buildings that are left. They're quickly getting demolished everywhere, so quickly go out and look these up before they're gone forever. So googie architecture, if you're asking, um, was named after the 1949 coffee shop called Googie's Coffee Shop, formerly located at Sunset and Crescent Heights. And it was designed by famed architect John Lautner. Googie's was a car-oriented architecture made with prominent angled rooftops, large expansive windows, bright colors, and eye-catching signage to entice the 50s and 60s car cruising culture so they would see these places, want to exit, and go in and spend some money. Okay, because remember back in the time that was the cruise culture? You know, you take your car out and you're cruising around. So to get them to kind of come in and, and those types of kids who were teenagers and didn't have a ton of money... It would mostly be like coffee shops, gas stations, cafes, places where teenagers and young adults would want to go and spend money, not like hotels and all these places where, you know, people were, you know, that generation wasn't going to go. It was places where that generation was going to frequent. And um, Googie's itself, the namesake of the architecture, was demolished um, in 1989. So some places you can go to see this architecture is Norms on La Cienega, Pans on La, uh, is it La Tierra? Sorry, I just had a brain fart. I used to go down there all the time. Uh, Johnny's Coffee Shop on Wilshire, Chips in Hawthorne, Henry. Not going there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not bad right there. Henry's uh, in Pomona, which was another, which Lautner actually designed. So Lautner designed Googies and he also, Lautner designed Henry's, but Norms, Pans, Johnny's, and Chips is all like, type of John Lautner um, architect. Um, uh, McDonald's Downey. The McDonald's in Downey, which is one of the first McDonald's, and then the Bob's yeah. Big Boy Broiler, Broiler, which is also in Downey. Mm-hmm. Um, Downey had the huge uh, car cruise culture we talked about in the Carpenters episode. Um, that yeah. was a big, huge area where they would cruise around. So the first place I want to talk about literally is a flying saucer cool. um, house. And it's called the Chemosphere, and it's at 7776 uh, Torreson Drive. It's a flaunted, flaunted, <laughs> sorry. What? 
<laughs> I am so mm. hot I can't talk. It's a haunted flying saucer shaped house. It's haunted. And I'll tell you why. In 1957, uh, Leonard Mullen, who is an aerospace engineer, was given the lot in the Hollywood Hills that was on a 45 degree angle. So the whole lot was kind of on a place that was unbuildable. Um, basically, at first glance, he was giving a barely unusable piece of land to thanks to his father-in-law who gave him the piece of land. His father-in-law was like, take this, stop marrying my daughter and try to build a house on here, you dum-dum. Um, but Mullen, being an engineer, was determined to figure out how to build on it and not having to move the land around or go into the earth, okay? So he hired architect John Lautner, who was a Frank Lloyd Wright apprentice. So um, I don't know. I've, hopefully you've heard of Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah. Okay. Famous, famous architect. Lautner famously hated Los Angeles. He is quoted as saying LA life was, quote, too rotten to imagine, and that the city was, quote, so ugly it made me physically sick. <laughs> oh my God, he really <laughs> hates it so much. That's crazy. But he built all these crazy places around LA. Yeah, what the hell, man? Oh God, look him up if you wanna know why he hates LA so much, because we're not gonna get into it into this short episode. Uh, many of the homes in LA, um, at the time were built like containers so isolating people away from the city that he despised so he purposely made like his buildings to like shy you away from this horrible town he hated so much um lautner also wanted to prove that you could build up in those hills without pouring a ton of concrete which was what the time Uh, what the huge bases like a block of concrete and then a house on it yes because that was the only place they could think of in the hills to like stabilize a building especially with like the earthquake stuff yeah it's also so ugly so ugly so his solution was to put a 30-foot concrete pole into the ground to support the 2200 square foot floored octagon shaped home so it's a single floor home and it's in the shape of an octagon up on this like 30 foot pole. Um, It's 65 feet in diameter on the top, um, on top of the 30 foot pole. And it makes it the only single family home in the, in LA with the high rise status. Uh Okay. At like high rise status of like office building or apartments, the only single family home. It's withstood earthquakes and heavy rain with absolutely no problem. Um, it was designed with a big brick fireplace in the middle that separates the large open living area that has great views of LA in the valley. And then on the other side is two small bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a kitchen that are on the other side. Has a custom designed railroad car, which is the only way to come in and out of the home. So it's on this like um, ramp, and then you take a railroad car that kind of a pulley system that pulls you up into the house. So that's the only way to get mm-hmm. up there. Um, Mullen couldn't afford the whole build, so uh, he got two companies to sponsor the home. One was Southern Cali Gas Company, and one was um, Chemical Seal Corporation, hence the name Chemosphere. So basically, he had to name the house after one of the companies that was, was sponsoring this house. They provided all the building materials. And the building was complete in 1961 for $140,000, which would be one point one nine million today in 1962 it was awarded the most modern home built in the world by the encyclopedia britannica mullen and his wife and four kids lived in this two-bedroom tiny house and they lived there until 1972 
Um, not surprisingly, LA people unfamiliar with the house have reported it to the police as a UFO landing, which I think is awesome. <laughs> the second owner of the house was Dr. Richard F. Kuhn. And I'm saying Kuhn, but it's K-U-H-N. Sorry, everybody, with my horrible pronunciation. He was 43. Um, he was single living alone there and he was stabbed multiple times in his bedroom on July 24th 1976 during a robbery um, by Garland D. Campbell who was 19 and Alfred Tolver who was 20 they stole the doctor's car and many personal items Um, police interviewed Garland and Alfred's friends who completely ratted them all out and police found the doctor's items in Garland's house when they searched it Alfred was already in jail on another unrelated uh, robbery, so clearly they were going around the hills robbing everybody, and he was already busted. Both were sentenced to first-degree murder and life in prison. Um, After the murder, the home was rented out for years and used for uh, filming and parties, so it's been in a few films and TV kind of stuff, and and a lot of Hollywood parties were held there, um, rented out, which was probably kind of cool. In 1998, it needed major repairs, and Benedict uh, Taschen, who was a famous, the famous Taschen Publishing House, bought it and did major restorations on it. And they lived there with their four kids, which apparently you have to have four kids or something to live there. Um, and they had also had legendary parties, so clearly it's a party house. It's still privately owned today and is clearly haunted. Um, it's the LA Access theme building, which everyone has seen if they've driven by the airport or going in and out of the airport at some point it's called the theme building if everyone's wondering it was built in 1961 and and lax's original design was for all the terminals to connect to a huge central glass dome like a spider okay so you'd go into this big glass dome and all the terminals would be like legs coming out of this dome okay the plan had to be scaled way back from the original plan and they modified it and the terminals were eventually placed elsewhere back far off the property where it originally was supposed to be. So the theme building, which is there, um, the restaurants all were in that little UFO looking building was put on the spot where the original glass dome would have been as a reminder of the airport's first plan. Uh, so it's a little okay. historical kind of nod to the, his- the first blueprints of the airport. The flying saucer is in Googie style and it's now widely um, said that the biggest designer that worked on it, his name was Jin Wong, um, but that's kind of a new thing. I'm assuming there was some racial bias about who was the biggest architect on the project, but um, the team that worked on it, the company that worked on it was Pereira and Luckman, and they built the building and the design to kind of honor LA's aeronautics history and pop culture. So combining that like World War II defense aeronautics history with mm-hmm. the pop culture, the music, you know, sorry, the mu- movie industry and music and all this stuff going on. It has a uh, it has four 135 foot tall arches and the globe looking restaurant, which sits, seems to kind of be floating in the, in the air. Yeah. Essentially, it looks like a UFO, basically. Mm-hmm. The theme building's first restaurant was called Host International, and it had menu items from Sweden, Japan, Mexico, and France, and other restaurants. It was very international. And the waiters also had to wear uniforms depi- depicting cultures from around the world, emphasizing mm. the international theme of the airport. Um, in 1961, it was the largest airport restaurant operation in the world. 
Wow. The building was dedicated on June 25th, 1961 by Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson, who my dad thinks killed JFK, going back to our other episode. Really? <laughs> yes. All right. We'll get into that conspiracy theory later. Uh, most people probably remember the Encounter Restaurant, um, which opened in 1997, um, that are probably listening to this if you're my age. And the restaurants originally rotated um, slowly, giving diners a 360 view of the area. The interior was very Jetsons, which the Jetsons cartoon, which appeared in 1962, the year after that building was built. And it was designed by Walt Disney Imagineering. So it was very much cartoonish and had kind of a cartoonish Disney theme to it on the inside of the Encounter restaurant. Um, the theme building itself has undergone numerous repairs since the 2000s, early 2000s, including a $12.3 million retrofit for earthquakes. But it looks exactly the same as it was built in 1961. Um, after 9-11 and with tightened security, travelers stopped using the restaurant leisurely because, you know, getting food there because it was obviously very difficult to eat there, try to get through security or go through security, come back, you know, whatever. So it just became yeah. kind of a pain and also with the traffic um and all that i was there around 2001 and you know it was a cool kind of concept to eat there and it was kind of funky inside but you have to deal with the parking and the traffic and you have to pay for parking it was a whole thing yeah so i think people just eventually stopped going um and so locally it made no sense you might go there for like a night out to kind of be different and quirky but financially and time-wise it makes no sense the site was eventually closed permanently in 2013 and in 2018, Bob, the Bob Hope USO that used to be in the main terminal relocated to the theme building, and they have a 20-year lease, so they will be there for a while. And there's an observation deck that was opened until very recently, but I'm kind of Googling it. It says it's closed now, um, but I would call if you want to actually go. But there is an observation desk at the top that's really cool that I th it may or may not be open. I can't confirm. I couldn't get a straight answer. So if you want to check that out, feel free. But there you go. That's the Googie style, which is slowly disappearing in Los Angeles. So yeah. check out some of those places. Look it up if you want to go. But it's a very kind of quintessential 50s, 60s architecture that is kind of not going to be around much longer. So there you All go. Right. There's our short episode, Aiden. Thanks All for right, listening, cool. guys. <laughs> Stop yawning. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs>